And we're back. Ryan, how are you doing? Yeah. It'd be better if uh, Long Talk Radio didn't have shit, but... <laughs> yes, we all know that. Um, and, uh, and maybe it's just Long Talk Radio trying to tell you that you haven't been on the podcast for so long, you're no longer welcome. Maybe that's what's going on here. Hey, welcome back, man. It's been a long time. It's been a long, long time. We've missed you on the show here. And like I was saying earlier on, like I always say, this is, I usually say, I should say, uh, with me as always is my co-host Ryan Whitfield, but like I say now, I might want to just announce you as a special guest to give you your own theme music at this point. <laughs> How you doing, man? Doing good. Feels good to be back on. You know, I would take the other side as I, as I often do an argument and say that the reason why I'm not here as much anymore is because blog talk sucks. So, you know, they can take that uh, back to their uh, support team. Excellent. There you go, Blog Talk Radio. We are now protesting your service, uh, which you charge us so much for. <laughs> hey, we got so much to talk about, and uh, let's just go ahead and jump right to it. I just say, as I mentioned earlier, top five power rankings, AFC and NFC conference championship predictions, top quarterback for your fantasy football playoff run. Let's get rolling. Hey, this is exciting. I get to hear your power rankings for the first time in like six weeks. So I have no idea which way you're going to go on this. And you know what? A lot of stuff has happened in those six weeks, as you well know. So, hey, let's start with you, Ryan. Give us your top five power rankings. Yeah, so I'll go, uh, I guess, one to five. So number one, I think, is probably the easiest team to rank right now, and that is the Baltimore Ravens. Mm -hmm. Number two, uh, after last weekend, I'm still not fully bought in on this team, but you go into, I had the Saints as the number two team. They went into New Orleans and won, so I got to give it to the 49ers now. Mm-hmm. Uh, number three, I'll keep it right there with New Orleans. Number four is Seattle, and then number five is Kansas City. Oh, interesting. Okay, so I am almost the same as what you have, um, but uh, a little bit different at the end of that. And it's going to be interesting to hear what you have to say about this because you're are a big Patriots supporter, but you're also the most critical of your team when you see deficiencies. I have the Ravens at one, 49ers at two, Saints at three. I had talked about this. I can imply this earlier when uh, when we got to our, through our intro, but it gets a little bit tougher after that, in my opinion. I have the Chiefs at four. I have the Patriots still at five. Uh, I would have at six said the Packers and then the Seahawks. And um, I'm not, you know, I don't feel strongly about that. It's just that last week the Seahawks really fell flat against the Rams. Um, The Packers won, but against a really terrible Washington Redskins team and really just kind of barely. So I don't feel comfortable about all that. I feel it's kind of amorphous after the top three. Tell me about why you selected the Seahawks at four. Yeah, I mean, in all fairness, for whatever reason, um, you know, I think a lot of people – listen to this over the years probably think I'm, I'm biased towards the Patriots. Um, but as you said, I'm very critical because, uh, you know, the, the whole idea of that love and, and love and hate are so closely tied together. <laughs> so, uh, yep. that's probably the reason I'm so, I'm so critical of the Patriots. Whereas, uh, the Seahawks is a little less passion involved. Um, so I, I tend to let them get away with a lot of worse performances. You know, <laughs> I would say again, right. about last week, um, you know, it's one of these things that, you know, if you're, if you're too into analytics, you probably don't buy into a lot, but I do, uh, personally believe in the idea of a desperation team. And, and I think that the Rams season is over, but mm-hmm. if they lose last week, their season is definitely over at that point. So, right. you know, right. you're playing a desperate team in that situation. So mm-hmm. I'm going to give them uh, a, a break. I think that they have been, 
just a really, really good ball club all year long. And, you know, I think that there is, you know, a lot of the other teams we've talked about, um, you know, have flaws. So I, that, that's that's part of it. I'm ranking against the field. Like you said, it gets hard after the top three. But even in the top three, you have a history uh, of choking with one of the teams, Kansas City. You have a really right. young team in, in Baltimore that's hard to predict. And then you have right. a team in the Saints who have lost in uh, uh, pretty demoralizing fashion two straight seasons. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, they all have question marks. And so I, I, I look at it and say, there's going to be one veteran ball club in there that I can, that I, you know, I can think I can depend on. And for me, that's Seattle right now in that five. Interesting. Okay. And why, and what about the Patriots? So you, I know that you are, you are plugged in when it comes to the Patriots. And I and I kind of looked at this very carefully, and I was really struggling with that number five slot. And I think everybody kind of struggles with that. I hate the Packers personally. I do think they're doing really well in this season, but I also think that they had a very lackluster effort against the Washington Redskins team, which is downright disastrous. And then you have, you know, the Seahawks, and we talked about that. And you're right, they're the desperation team in prime time. Um, you know, but I don't, I don't really think the Rams are that good. Uh, and for the offense to fall flat against them was a little bit disappointing. So tell me why the page, why didn't the Patriots make your top five? Were they number six in your rankings or were they, did they fall further than that? No, they're number six. Um, you know, the thing with the Patriots is, is it's really hard to erase last year and mm-hmm. to right around the same time last year. And it was the first time in the history of, you know, the annoying thing about living here and um, just Twitter in general, I discovered that, you know, I don't know if I've ever talked about this on the show, but I used to run a music company um, mm-hmm. years ago and I ended up quitting music because I, because I got burnt out and didn't have the passion for it anymore. Um, and recently I started to feel the same way for, towards, towards football. Um, and, and, I, and I discovered, and I discovered over the last week or two, what it is. It's not, it's not the sport and it wasn't the music. So I still love music. It's that it uh-huh. most of you are so effing stupid um, it just becomes exhausting to be so immersed in a world where I got to listen to dumbasses' opinions every day. So, um, you know, the thing with the Patriots is that, you know, the, the again, the people who couldn't be unbiased last year said, oh, they have, people always write the Patriots up. Well, well, spoiler alert. If you do the rain dance long enough, eventually it's going to rain. So eventually, eventually one year the Patriots are going to have a big loss, and it is going to signify the beginning of the end of the dynasty. And I'm not saying right. it's now. And, and last year the reason why I said it, if you remember, was because – yeah, they had lost and had some, you know, some dud performances before. Everyone points to 2014 against the Chiefs. Well, those right. are early season games. Those are different. The Patriots cheat early season games more than they do late in the season. The, the, one of the biggest mm-hmm. mantras, the more important ones than the, the stupid, you know, Patriot way and stuff has been about the idea that you're supposed to play your best football after Thanksgiving. And so the past mm-hmm. last year, I think, was the first time in 10-plus years that they had lost back-to-back games at the end of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, past, uh, past Thanksgiving. Well, now right. we've done it two years in a row. So, you know, the issue is is that you don't want to be too strong on it because last year they showed you they could turn it around. But, mm-hmm. you know, for, for all the talk about Rob Gronkowski and the lack of uh, receiving weapons, uh, the bigger issue is that this team was built originally um, as a defensive team that could win low-scoring ball games. Well, we'll put right. the damper on that. Well, lose, losing your fullback so you can't power run in, in conjunction with the blocking aspect of Rob Gronkowski and losing Trent Brown, um, the fact that Marcus Cannon has taken a step back. I mean, that's, that's the big thing to me is it's not, it's not that the offense isn't producing. They don't have the fiery pass, uh, passing game. It's the fact that they don't have uh, any real semblance of a run game and blocking game, uh, which makes it right. 
last year's right. round harder to buy into. They have a Landon Roberts playing fullback right now. Um, and then secondly, if you're going to play that kind of style of football where you're trying to win games 17-14, 16-13, well, you better have a reliable kicking game. And by no fault of the Patriots' own, they've had an absolute nightmare situation, including that when Nick Folk came in and started to look like, you know, somehow he was going to be the answer, you know, he has an emergency appendectomy uh, two right, ago. Right, right. So oh, no fault of his own, had, of course. Had, <laughs> right. So that's another my point is that, you know, that's not poor planning. You didn't, you didn't think Kostowski was going to be hurt. And you didn't think right. that the kicking game that you're going to be on your, you know, have gone through four kickers at this point. And, and that's right. a very, you know, it's an extremely important aspect of a game. If you're going to win games low scoring, well, you better have reliable, you know, when you get, when you do stall in the red zone, you better have a reliable kicking game. Yeah. And they don't. You don't have to and tell me about week, kickers. Trust me, as a Bears fan, I know. No, I know, I know. that. <laughs> and so last week, they, you know, they go for it. Uh, they go for it at one position because uh, they got yeah. the kick. Uh, blocked before that, and so it's just, you know, you miss a kick there, then you go for it, you come away with no points, now that's at least six points you left on the table, um, yep. and then so, you, you know, and totally again, the game loses by seven points, that, that, that uh-huh. changes everything, so that's where I'm at with the Patriots right now, I think the defense, um, the last two weeks, I do think they were still uh, slowed down a little bit by that massive flu that went through the team a couple weeks ago, so I'm not too, uh-huh. totally worried about the defense, um, and they held the Chiefs to 23 points, which if they can do that, they can win games, but uh-huh, um, uh-huh. You know they got to they got to get some things figured out on the offensive side of the ball, and they got to start to turn that corner now. Yeah, I think Patrick Mahomes though isn't. I mean, I don't know if it's just because he's faced a lot of good defenses recently, but he hasn't really looked very Patrick Mahomes esque over the last three games. Uh, so I'll give some credit to the defenses. Obviously, I think that's a real important part of that. But um, he didn't. He doesn't look as dynamic. I mean, I actually for once. The last, during the last three games, I actually sat there and I actually kind of held my breath a little bit whenever he threw it downfield. I said, yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure if that's going to actually get anywhere or I'm not sure if he's going to be on target. And a lot of times he just wasn't. So um, I feel like there's a little bit of a, a, a kink in the armor there for the Chiefs as well. But I, I agree with everything you said about the Patriots. The run game, I think, is um, abysmal. I, I don't know. You know, obviously, much better than I do. And, and what all the things you mentioned there are, are probably the reasons why. But it's uh, kind of atrocious. You know, you're going to have to have some ability to grind down the clock and take a little pressure off of Brady and, and make sure you can move the ball in situations where you want to, you know, maintain possession and win that time of possession battle and flip the, and flip the field a little bit. And um, it, they just weren't able to do that. So that's, that was uh, – but I still have a lot of – you know, it's one of those things. You know, being an outsider, not being a Patriots fan, kind of, you know, being the traditional, oh, I hate the Patriots for being so good – I kind of feel like maybe I'm biased the other way, <laughs> feeling like, well, Billichek's going to find a way. Um, you know, just, he's always going to find a way. Uh, so that's, maybe that's my, my bias kind of flowing in there. But and maybe it's my bias that I don't like the Packers, you know, personally. But I also noticed that you that, that means you would put the Packers probably back around six or later. So you have something against the Packers, or you think that they're not, not for real? Yeah, I think they're a soft team. I, I think they're completely overrated. Um that offense hasn't looked right all year there either. Uh, the defense looks good at the beginning of the year um, and has, you know, gradually uh, gone downhill since then. And, you know, the thing I hear constantly um, about the Patriots, which I would agree on, is that the Patriots don't really have a marquee win this year. You know, probably the only marquee win would be against Buffalo because, right. well, a couple of weeks ago we thought the Cowboys was a good win. It wasn't. But then you look at the Packers' <laughs> right. schedule. Um, they beat the they beat the Bears early on in the season, and they beat the Vikings early on in the season. I don't think the Vikings are a very good team, football team this year, um, but you know the, that is a playoff team right now, I believe. So you, you have to give them a nod there. They then beat the Broncos. Right. They lost to the Eagles. They beat the Cowboys, which I just took credit away from the Patriots. So I'm going to take credit away there. Uh, right. They beat the Lions. Right. 
they beat the the Raiders. They did beat the Chiefs, and I'd have to go back and look, but I believe that was one of the weeks that Mahomes was out, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it was Matt Moore playing quarterback. That's correct. Yep. So that one doesn't count in my opinion. They then got right. smacked by the Chargers. That's embarrassing. They beat the Panthers. Whoop de do. They got crushed by the 49ers. They beat the Giants and they beat the Redskins. So I mean, you tell me, is there anything in that, uh, you know, in, in that stretch or anything there tell you that that Packers team is for real? Because to me, um, you know, they're, they're in the same situation that I put the Patriots in. That they have a nice record. And, and sure, when you have a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady or you know, just one of those those franchises that historically are good, they could definitely go on a run. Um, right. But as it's currently constituted and as it currently stands, I, I know I, I don't feel comfortable putting them in the top five either. Yeah, yeah. I had the same feeling as well. I felt that, you know, I, now I do have a lot of appreciation for what Aaron Jones is doing, but I kind of feel like he can take advantage of a good matchup, um, and as he should. And um, they should just, you know, I, I say forget about Jamal Williams. Let's just keep feeding Aaron Jones and see what happens there. But, but you're right. I mean, they've had some injuries in their receiving core. But uh, even if Devontae Adams back, they don't look really that um, dynamic to me. Um, but, I would hey, be you know, they got the record. So. Yeah, and, and that's why, I mean, I'd put them at seven. But I, I would be remiss while we were talking about it, um, about the Packers, just because I haven't been on in so long. Um, I do just want to point out to everybody who probably then got familiar with these two guys over the season that I wrote draft articles on both uh, Alan Lazard and Jair Alexander. Um, <laughs> so it took me a year and a team switch for Alan Lazard to pay off. But uh, yes. yeah, if you, if, if you were watching any of that this year, saying to yourself, you know, who could have foreseen, who's this guy? Who could have foreseen this happening? Uh, your boy did. <laughs> Excellent. I knew at some point you'd have to give yourself props for something, and uh, I'm glad you did because now I feel like we're back in the show. This is fantastic. But but you're right. You actually did you did, really did do uh, did deep dive on them, and you did mention Jair Alexander many times uh, in the draft. So, uh, congratulations. Good calls there, along with uh, Jordan Howard during his heyday. So, you know, I, I know I get things wrong, too. <laughs> All right. Let's go ahead and bring it back uh, to the next topic here because I want to I kind of want to talk. And this kind of flows out of our power ranking. Uh, let's talk about our AFC Conference Championship and NFC Conference Championship predictions. So what do you who do you have now? We're getting close, right? We're getting close. We're past week 14. We're about to enter week 15. Who do you have in the AFC Conference Championship game? Right now, I, I got to have New England going to Baltimore and, and the Patriots keeping that stretch alive. So, um, interesting. You know, kind of contradicts uh, what I just said. But if you if you paid attention to my earlier take um, in the in the show tonight, and if you've listened to me over the years, uh, tell you about what a what a bobo um, Andy Reid is in the big moments. Uh, I yeah. think the more I watch, and I and I think. Um, Patrick Mahomes is a hell of a quarterback, but, you know, I, there's something about him, uh, the way Travis Kelsey carries himself, Tyreek Hill, they just, they kind of gave me that 2015 Carolina Panthers vibe, just still like front running. It's good when it's good, but when it's tough, it's, it's not the same. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, until they, until, until a team like Kansas City, because you know that right now that's how it would shake out by the Pats can win out. Um, obviously the Bills being the biggest test uh, down the stretch for them, but if they went out, right. you know, Kansas City, you know, is most likely coming here uh, the first uh, or second weekend of January for that uh, divisional round. And, you know, I won't feel great about it, and it'll probably be a close game again, but, I, but I'm going to take the Patriots in that scenario. Um, okay. And then I just, yeah, until someone proves to me that they can figure out Baltimore past week four or whatever it was when the last time they lost, um, you know, I'm not betting against yep. them. And everything I just said about Mahomes, uh, I would say the opposite. I think Lamar Jackson is uh, – an un, 
unbelievably mature person for his age. I've talked about it for for years on this show. That right. my, what I want in quarterback is, is a CEO of a franchise, and I love that every time he's asked about MVP, he deflects and says, "If that happens in the course of us hitting the real goal, then great. But otherwise, I'm just focused on that." I think right. I think his attitude, his mentality is all about winning, all about getting to the next stage. Uh, yep. I love the way he carries himself. I think he is a, a leader of, of leaders, and I just can't say enough positive stuff about him. He was a guy that I was really excited about coming out of college. Um, yeah, that I stupidly got swayed on. Because uh, all the, the 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 combine analysis and stuff was one of those. Yeah. Things, the longer it took to get to that draft, the more I started to waver on him. Um, right. But originally, he was my favorite guy in that class. Uh, right. And all those intangibles have come out in the NFL, and they put him in the perfect situation. Uh, Greg Roman's done a great job with that offense as the coordinator there, and and so I just yeah I can't I can't I can't foresee anybody knocking off the Ravens. Right, and 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 of course, you of all people should appreciate how draft analysts can be wrong about quarterbacks, right? I mean, <laughs> you had Tom Brady there who's uh, breaking records right. left and right. Lamar Jackson, you know, I, I agree. I, I love the kid, and uh, I love what he's done. Uh, I love the steps he's taken forward in the second year. Um, and I and I adopted the Ravens as my team moving forward because my Bears are going to suck. So, you know, that's <laughs> that's where I am. Uh, call it bandwagon, bandwagon, bandwagon jumping if you want. Uh, I'm happy to be on that wagon. Talk about the NFC Conference Championship I'm on, game. I'm on the bandwagon, too. If, if, if they do come out of the AFC, I'm 1,000% rooting for them in the Super Bowl. I love that race. Yeah, game. me too. Absolutely, me too. And and uh, and just so you know, for the AFC Conference Championship, I think it's going to be the Ravens and the Chiefs, which is uh, just according to my rankings. I think it'll be a close call, though. I, you know, I, I Like I said, I have the Patriots at five. I wouldn't be surprised if it was Ravens-Patriots. All right, NFC Conference Championship. Who, what's your prediction there? Yeah, I'd be remiss if I didn't point out that you always pick against the Patriots going into the playoffs, and you're always wrong. But okay. <laughs> and I'm always wrong. I've been wrong for years, so why why stop now? Why stop now, man? <laughs> I think it, I think it might be a little bit of wishful thinking on your part, but it's okay. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, on the NFC side, um, man, I want to be controversial, but yeah, I, I, I kind of feel like I picked the one and two on that. So I'm who, who do you have? Seat on that side too. It's going to be New Orleans and, and San Francisco, as far as okay. I'm concerned. I, okay. I, just don't see I was wondering if you're going to throw the Seahawks in. I really was. I was kind of. I was wondering if you're going to try to throw the Seahawks in there, in which I would not debate because, you know, honestly, as much as I don't like Pete Carroll for his USC days, he, you know, he knows how to run a team, and I think he knows how to play uh, playoff football. Um, but for that last play in that Super Bowl against the Patriots. But that being said, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they kind of snuck in there somehow. But I really do think it's going to be 49ers Saints. And, man, have you seen a more fun game? I mean, you, did you, you watch that game between the 49ers and the Saints this last weekend? Unfortunately, I was at a family reunion and traveling back. Um, so oh, I no. no. To watch it on, it on rerun it. in the NFL or something. I mean, that was the most entertaining. Yeah. For, for two teams, I have no – I mean, I obviously have no dog in either of those fights. That was the most entertaining game I've seen in a long time. In a long time. And I can't help but root for yeah, Garoppolo in the way, you know? So, there's that. I, I, I absolutely root for Garoppolo. I, I root for Garoppolo because, you know, I, I was one of the people, again, in as you remember, I'm in the class that he was the heir apparent and the Patriots shouldn't have let yeah. him go. Um, Should have been. They did win two Super Bowls or one Super Bowl after that. I think it's just one. But, it, you know, yep. so I was probably wrong on that. But either way, um, although I think he could have scored 13 points in the Super Bowl last year too. Um, <laughs> but yeah, on, my, on my side of things, I mean, you're looking at right now, and, and I don't have the seating in front of me, but you have three teams at 10-3 and three between the Packers, the Saints, and the Seahawks, uh, and then the 49ers at 11-2. and two. So 
you know, for me, it, it's really going to depend how it shakes out because um, if uh, if the Saints – or, sorry, if the Seahawks are in the, a position where they have to go to San Francisco, yeah. um, that's one I think they can win. But I think they're most likely going to go to New Orleans, and I'd see them losing that game. So that's what's going to really depend on me is how the seeding falls. I like them wow. much more. San Francisco, much closer to home. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of expectations on that 49ers team, and yeah. I could see them being a team that has a hard time uh, dealing with the pressure. And right. I just think that the Seahawks, as a, as a familiar divisional opponent, could go in there um, and win that game. I think going into New Orleans, given the, the atmosphere uh, in the Superdome, um, the fact that I think that team is ready to break through after, after two years uh, of, of disappointing finishes, you know, again, last year we all remember, but, you know, sometimes distance gets in the way of remembering. But, I mean, this is a team that lost the the, uh, the Minneapolis Miracle two years ago. And then last year, last time one was controversial calls in the, in the history of sports. So, um, right. two two games that looked like they were going to win, and both of them they lost. So, you know, I just think that uh, – and, and each year it was a step further. So, I think you – know, I like the Saints out of the NFC. Um, yep. So I don't like the Seahawks to go in there and win that game, but if they draw San Francisco in the first or in the division round, then I then I could see it being uh, Seattle at New Orleans for a, a chance to win the Super Bowl. All right. As long as the Packers don't make it, I am happy. So that's fine with me. And I, I would love to see. And you know what? I would love to see a 49ers Ravens rematch in the Super Bowl. I think I would watch that. I would be excited to watch that. Something about those two uniforms, too, two of my favorite uniforms in football. That was one of the most aesthetic, aesthetically pleasing Super Bowls to watch. <laughs> uh, right. Just fantastic. And, you know me, I'm a defensive guy. So uh, that was one of my favorite non-Patriot Super Bowls because Patrick Rose versus Ray Lewis was just, yeah. uh, oh, God. Good stuff. Uh, you know, that, that's that 49ers team. We didn't talk back then, but that 49ers yeah, I think, team. And think about this. Colin Kaepernick versus Joe Flacco. Jeez. <laughs> that sounds like a whole other era. Like doesn't it? Kind of now, huh? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's go ahead and get to our last topic. I wanna, I'm going to ring the bell on that one so we can get to our last topic. Let's talk about fantasy football real quick. We're going to talk about the best quarterbacks for your fantasy football playoffs. You know, just, you know, which ones you want to play. In your, I mean, and obviously you got a stud. You usually will play them anyway, but maybe you got more than one. You could have drafted more than one. You could be in a two-quarterback league. You might be looking to a, for a replacement. Who knows? Lamar Jackson's injured. We don't know what's going to happen there. There are some. They might decide to hold him out because they might not. You know, maybe they think they can win without him. I don't know. It's just the Jets after all. And you know, there's a lot of other scenarios in which you might have an issue of quarterback. So tell me, what are your picks here uh, for quarterbacks that you would like to play to the fantasy football playoffs? Yeah, so uh, me and you are actually playing each other, I believe, in the football garbage. We are. So we are playing each other. <laughs> and and we both made it to the to the postseason for Wally's league, I believe. So uh, that's right. We should actually meet. That'd be awesome if we can actually meet in the in the championship game in Wally's league. I think that would be some that would be something special. We definitely have to have him on the show for that, just to celebrate. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think I need to win it this year because I came in and ran away with his league last year. This year he didn't make the postseason, and I'm back in the Final Four again. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm sure my, my invite will be lost in the mail next year because I've just come in the next <laughs> Right. Um, it's gonna be, once it's your spam filter. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, yeah, we're, we're looking at matchup type stuff now. I mean, you know, in, in the league against you, um, you know, I'm, I'm debating between a couple, but, you know, I, I got Matt Ryan who yep. um, I was talking with somebody today. Uh, at, at my office, um, you know, that's somebody I'd be wary of this week going across yeah. into San Francisco, 
horrible offensive line, uh, a banged-up receiving core, obviously Ridley gone, uh, Julio, who's been questionable the last couple of weeks, so not at full strength. So that's a guy I want to avoid. Um, I'm really looking to ride the hot hand right now. You know, and, again, some matchups, like, you know, obviously I'm down on the Patriots' offense, but they're playing in Cincinnati this weekend. So that's one, you know, that, for instance, that's the one for one swap. We're in a two-quarterback league, right. and I have Trubisky, unfortunately. Um, but wow. <laughs> hopefully he goes off on a big game and just really sticks it to you in a matchup against you. Uh, oh, but, man. You know, in a case like that, I'm taking Brady over Matt Ryan for this week. Um, but what I'm really trying to look at and what I'm really interested in is, is guys who are on um, a positive trend. Um, and, and for no other good reason than it fits my argument, uh, I've drawn the line of demarcation at week eight. Um, okay. But uh, since week eight, the number two quarterback in fantasy football, uh, on my column that I wrote on PFF for DFS, I wrote several times about uh, Jameis Winston has a chance to finish with the most touchdowns and most interceptions in the league. And despite yep. all the touchdowns he's throwing, yep. he's still on, on an unbelievable streak since week eight of averaging 22.2 points. He just keeps yep. putting up points. He's throwing for a crap ton of yards and he might throw you four picks, but he's going to match it with four touchdowns. Yep. Um, the number three quarterback is Josh Allen. So that's another guy that, that I'm interested in playing. Garoppolo, I have less, less faith in, although I love his matchup this week uh, against that Atlanta defense. Um, but another guy who I think less people are, are, are sleeping on at this point, um, but that should be very much on people's radar, who is the fifth-best quarterback since uh, week eight. And I believe if I go back a couple weeks further than when he first took over, let me just change this quickly. No, he went the wrong way in this. So I'm just going to stick it at week eight. Uh, Ryan Tannehill <laughs> is the fifth-best quarterback uh, in fantasy football over the last uh, seven weeks now. Um, for every reason he's transformed that offense. Well, first, he just proved that we all knew, which is Marcus Mariota sucks. Um, uh-huh. But he's also been able to produce big point totals um, in that. And with only being the fifth best, I believe it was two weeks ago, uh, he had kind of a dud game where he only uh, put up 13 fantasy points. Um, uh-huh. But he had, two, he had two touchdowns, zero picks, threw for 197 yards, and completed like 78% of his passes. The thing was, I think that was a game against Jacksonville, where uh, it might have been Jackson, I can't remember. But either way, they blew out whoever they played 45 to 10 or whatever, and they just kept scoring big yard, uh, big run, right. run touchdowns. So that's the point where the game script flipped on. So my, the point of that being is that while that was not a positive fantasy week, he really hasn't had a bad week at quarterback in the last seven. And the one fantasy week that he underperformed, he was still unbelievable. I mean, he completed, again, over 75% of his passes. was 2-0 on the touchdown interceptions. Um, you know, the yards weren't there that day, but anytime that there's more passing attempts, that's going to be there. So I think Tannehill's a sneaky guy that if you're, um, if you're desperate and you don't have a top-end quarterback, that's somebody that I, that I want to be moving into starting lineups. I picked him up in two leagues over the last two weeks, and I'm starting him in two semifinals this weekend. Yeah, so here, I'm going to give, give you one that might be a little controversial here. I'm going to go deep cut, deep cut here, okay? Uh, how about Eli Manning slash Daniel Jones? I mean, last three uh, matchups in the season, Miami at home, at Washington, and then the Eagles at home. So a chance to get revenge on the Eagles, knock them out of the playoffs at the, at the very end of the season. Maybe the last home game, possibly the last home game for Eli Manning coming up this weekend against Miami. Um, you know they're going to tell him to just go ahead and sling it, and Miami isn't good at stopping anybody. Uh, and that being said, they're also operating at half strength with uh, Devontae Parker on concussion protocol, and uh, who knows who else is going to be out there for Ryan Fitzpatrick. And, of course, the Washington Redskins, not so great either. Dolphins allowing the third most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. So what do you think about 
Eli Manning slash Daniel Jones as a guy, uh, <laughs> a little controversial guy. Two quarterback leagues, really deep leagues. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, definitely it, it, it's got to be that scenario. You know, two quarterback leagues, really deep leagues. Um, you know, even with a, a surprisingly decent performance last week, uh, Eli was still quarterback 18. Um, so, you know, w- with that, though, I'll say that I believe Evan Ingram and Sterling Shepard should be back this week. Um, That's right. Which is going to give more weapons, so he's going to have more to throw to. Um, so, yeah, in deep leagues, uh, I don't hate it. Uh, Darius Slayton is a guy that I wrote about numerous times this week, or this season at PFF that – um, definitely a boomer bust guy, but he's a guy that's produced and been able to put up big point totals. So obviously if he's on the receiving end, then that, then that bodes well. So, um, you know, the big deal, the big deal is, is, uh, whether or not you can, um, rely on, on time to get the ball off. Cause that offensive line, uh, stinks, uh, right. to high heaven. So, um, that yeah, but I guess the Miami, concern. Washington and Eagles defense, none of those guys scare me in their pass rush. I mean, they're just, they're just not scary. <laughs> this is my, you know what I mean? No, for, for sure. And um, as I'm looking it up, I'll, I'll say that you know, uh, I, I would agree overall on that. Um, that that their that their pass rush isn't scaring me. It's just it's just worth noting that that's going to be the one, um, you know, the one thing to to watch out for with either one of them. And and I will say too that I'm much more uh, confident in playing Eli now at this point than I am Daniel Jones. I was high on Daniel Jones. Um, yeah. When he first broke into the season, yeah. Me too. Uh, since then, uh, you know, he's, I think he's, he's proven to re- regress towards the median a little bit. So he makes yeah. it a little For bit sure. harder to be a guy to, to depend on. So I, I'd rather Eli Manning in there. Um, but again, it's going to be the right scenario, deep league. Um, yeah. Yep. I love all those. And then I have two, two other deep cuts here and I, and I say deep cuts, but you know, maybe you're stuck with that. I actually don't mind Phillip rivers and his uh, last three matchups. You know, he has the Vikings Raiders and chiefs Vikings obviously aren't as uh, good in defense on, uh, on pass defense as they once were earlier in the season, having uh, some injuries there. So possibly there's something that can be made there. He had a great game last week against Jacksonville and he had a pretty decent game against Denver. So ever since the threatened, threatened benching of Phillip rivers, he's actually come out and trash talked his way back into the, uh, fantasy football relevance and he has the Raiders coming up after that allowing the second most fantasy points to uh, opposing quarterbacks and then another really deep cut and again it's got to be the right scenario but Gardner Minshew you know he had some he had some great games early on and maybe he'll get back with the speed I, I don't feel absolutely great about that but hey he's got the Oakland Raiders next week they allow they obviously as we just said allow the second most uh, fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks he's got the Falcons and he's got the Colts uh, nothing too scary about that either. But, uh, again, just deep cuts in case you are really struggling back there. Two quarterback leagues, really deep leagues. Okay, that's it. We are out of time. I'm going to hit the hair, air horn on the show. That's fantastic. So, Ryan, uh, hey, give us your social media So uh, because it's been so long, people probably don't know how to find you. Yeah, um, it's at Ryan Whitfield, N-E. Um, and, and last thing, because I finally did find it after tap dancing through that segment and saying basically nothing at the end while trying to pull it up. Uh, PFF has the Dolphins coverage ranked as 31, pass rush ranked as 32nd. Uh, and then if you're Brilliant. in a league that next week is the finals, uh, the Redskins are 23rd ranked coverage unit and the 21st ranked pass rush. So nice. um, two good matchups. If you're in a league with uh, week 17 is, is your championship, just keep in mind that the the Eagles are the third graded pass rush. So with that offensive line, that might be concerning at that point. Mm, okay. Well, 
Oh, oh well, this is a, that's a great that's a great extra info. Thanks. <laughs> Look at that, bringing value to the uh, show, folks. <laughs> like always, um, but hopefully I uh, I squash you uh, this week. And uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, and before you trip me again on Twitter, uh, I've been I I definitely overcommitted with too many things this winter. Uh, or this fall, and uh, I think I have set my picks once out of the last five weeks. So my point total is not reflective of my 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 genius on on the pick. Just excuses, so everyone knows. Excuses, excuses. That's all I can say. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. We'll get you. We'll get you next year. We'll, we'll give you a mulligan this year. I don't know why he's going to give you a mulligan, but I'll give you a mulligan this year. All right. Thanks for uh, listening in, everybody. You can follow me at FD Garbage Time, and thanks again for wasting time with us. And until next time, enjoy your NFL week. We don't have a show next week. Happy holidays to everyone. Yes, yes. Happy holidays to everyone. But we will have a show next week. I'm sure we will. (laughs) We'll see. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe not with Ryan. I'm not sure about that. No guarantees, everyone. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.